hello everyone and welcome to episode 25 of the Backyard Banter Podcast. My name is Matt Harmon. You, uh, if you've been listening to the show, you know what we're doing here is talking to some of the most interesting people in uh, the football world, whether it's fantasy football or draft Twitter or just covering the league in general. Uh, we're, we're talking to some of the best people in order to give people a framework of uh, how to you know, get a job in this industry or just listen to some interesting stories. And I think we have a, a great person to do that on today. Somebody that could definitely offer the perspective of somebody that's uh, coming up through the industry. And that's uh, my man, Graham Barfield. He's a writer for Roto World, Fantasy Labs, and Dynasty League football contributor. He also hosts the Fantasy Game Theory podcast, which uh, we were talking about before this, I think is broadcast out of a, uh, a, a bunker in Saudi Arabia, but it's, it's a good listen. So make sure you're tuning in. Graham, how the hell are you doing today? Uh, I'm great, Matt. Thank you so much for having me on the show. Um, yes, we can blame the bunker on, on Jake. I'm I'm actually in America in Jacksonville, Florida. He's he's the one out in the Middle East, uh, in the desert sands. So you can blame him. Yeah, that sounds good. It's always good. I wish I had a co-host to blame on the problems for the show. But if, it, if something goes wrong here, it's it's me. It must be me. Um, but yeah, you can blame me, Matt. It's okay. Well, well, for sure. I mean, I'll normally throw the guest under the bus, and then they'll never get invited again. And uh, yeah, so Graham, this is funny that you're on on the 25th episode because 25 is actually my favorite number. So this is a pretty big honor for you. I hope that you realize what a big deal this is. Wow, I it's uh, a lot of pressure. Now. Are are you 25? Are no, you 25 I'm. I'm, I'm I'll be 25 in August. There we go. I knew I was close. Why is Why is 25 your favorite number? I don't know. It just is appealing because it's like a quarter, and I, I always feel like quarters are uh, like money. You know, not okay. Anyways, yeah, like money. Uh, like twenty five cents was most important of all the change. The rest of it's like, what does that even matter? But you know, quarters was like I talked to. Obviously, if you've been following me recently, you know that I'm talking about being fat as a kid, and uh, I loved you know quarters. Like we put it in the soda machine, put it in the in the vending machine. You get those little stupid prizes outside, like in claw machines. I used to play those all the time as a kid. So quarters were important. Well. I'm I'm glad that you bestowed your uh, your most favorite number on me. It's uh, it's a great honor to be on the show. There's been a lot of great guests on the show, so I'm just happy to be a small small a uh, small part of the uh, of the show here. Yeah, I appreciate that. And yeah, if you if you know you saw the status update that went on the uh, into your podcast feed yesterday Monday morning, and uh, you know that this is kind of this is like season one of the show. So we're kind of at the quarter away point of of uh, of a hundred episodes, which I'm hopefully someday we'll get to. But uh, yeah, I hope everybody's cool with that. There haven't been a, hasn't been a widespread panic that the that the show will end at some point in uh, in before the preseason but uh yeah i think that graham is a good representation of what we're talking about on this show so graham but to get started let's talk about your your origin story you know how did you come to kind of fall in love with football or, or fantasy sports take us back into that portion of your history sure so i think like everyone else's answer on this show you have to be like a bona fide dork when you're young um so like I remember I used to keep these like elaborate notebooks when I was like four or five years old and I would just literally draw hundreds of football fields and like little guys playing on them and stuff. And uh, I think that's kind of where I got my like creativity aspect from like my dad and my grandfather both played football. I didn't. I played baseball. Um, So I kind of always grew up in like a sports home. I always had like Madden playing as a kid. Uh, I always like was like I think uh, Roto Pat Patrick Dory uh, noted that he was always reading the newspaper and like I listen to the episode I'm like that was like literally me I would go through and read football box scores and go see uh, 
how many touchdowns Randy Moss scored uh, when he was playing with the Vikings and stuff like that. And uh, I always, I always had an interest, I guess, tracking the game from a statistical standpoint as a kid. And um, I think it just kind of always that, that, that love of sports and football was just kind of always there for me. I, I, you know, I think it's a pretty popular story on your show, but um, it is interesting that we all kind of have that. If, if we all have one thing in common, uh, it's it's that most of us kind of grow up with it in our blood, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's almost something that's like it, this was this was going to happen. You know, you were going to eventually have to do something more with that. Uh, and you know, kind of in that vein, when did you first get kind of the itch to write about football or kind of take it the next step past the obsessive fandom? Sure. So, like, I started playing fantasy sports probably like sixth grade, I want to say. And, um, you know, I always kind of played through middle school and high school, but, uh, by the end of my senior year in high school, I was working this, um, this job in accounting at a flight school here in Jacksonville. And, um, it, I mean, I did a little bit of everything and it got to the point my freshman year of college where I was just no longer happy. And I kind of wanted to like just chase this dream of writing about football and, um, you know, I always like I did not have like you, I, I don't have a, a writing background at all. Like if I'm a finance major in college, uh, I'm about to finish my finish my degree in August. And um, yeah, I just I kind of just wanted to just go for it. Um, so I quit my accounting job. I had worked there for about three years, uh, was just pretty much unhappy and, and uh, decided I wanted to start writing about football. So I uh, applied for this one job and we, we won't have to get into uh, to who it was or where it was, but I actually got denied um, for, uh, for the writing contest or whatever they had going on. And, you know, that, that kind of hurt a little bit to like to get your, you know, foot slammed on, um, you know, right when you get in through the door, you think. Uh, so I started writing on my own blog. I came up with my own blog and um, I worked on that for like five or six months during the summer, I want to say. And um, then sent some work to uh, JJ Zacharyson over at Number Fire, who you previously had on the show. And, uh, he graciously, you know, brought me on. Um, and this all happened like two years ago. So, um, I guess it, I've always had the itch just, just like everybody else. I've always had the itch, but, um, just one day it kind of hit me that I, this is something that I really wanted to chase and I really wanted to do and just see how far I could take it. Yeah, man, I hear you. Yeah. You and I kind of came up around the same time, like, uh, you know, two years ago, two and a half years ago for me a little bit. Uh, yeah. So it's, We've, we've kind of been able to see each other's career path grow and go different places and this, that, and the other. And you've definitely done a lot of great stuff. Um, so you, you started out, you someplace turned you down and, and I think we've all been there. I've, I've been turned down a few places before too, uh, that I wouldn't, that, you know, I don't, we don't need to get into, of course, like you said, but what, it, what is that like kind of when, cause it's a tough thing. People think, well, I'm going to just write about football. It's it's not always easy to just jump in the space. What was kind of that first little bit of disappointment like? Did it make you want to work harder or, or get into that a little bit? Sure. So, I mean, looking back on it, that article that I sent this to this site um, was not good <laughs> to the point. That, I mean, like that that's kind of the key, the key point there. I mean, I was just like just starting out. So there, there's that caveat. But sure, yeah, of course, it, it made me work harder. Um, it made me want to strive for for more because I, I knew this is something that I wanted to do and just because one place said no doesn't mean all other places are gonna say no in six months um, once once I you know get a little more work under my belt and kind of define 
start defining my voice. I mean, as writers, we're always, I'm constantly trying to improve, um, especially I, I feel like I have to do it because I'm, I don't come from a writing background. I mean, there's so many great writers like yourself. Um, I, I know I have to include, I, I know I have to, to compliment Matt on the show. So there, there goes my, there goes my, my quota there, but no, I mean, yeah, it's just, it's one of those things where, um, yeah, I, I just, I feel like I had to constantly improve and get better and I, I still do. Um, but it definitely made me want to work harder for sure. Yeah. Right. I, I felt, I felt the same way. Um, Graham, I guess you, you mentioned, you know, not coming from a writing background and, and always improving. Also, how, let me circle back here a little bit. How old exactly are you since I said I was, I'll be 25 in August. How old are you again? Yeah, I'm 21. Right on. Yeah. So you're one of, this is great. Cause I think you're the only person, have I had anybody that's younger than me? No, Adam Pfeiffer was the other one that I think I've had on that's younger than me. I don't remember anybody else, but this is great because normally I'm the youngest one in the room. So I feel so old, <laughs> the ripe old age of 24. Right. Right. <laughs> yeah, no, for sure. But so yeah, you're about to graduate college. So, I mean, you're, yeah, you're kind of in that, uh, in that point and it wasn't, yeah, I didn't even realize that this was what I wanted to do until, until after that. So yeah, for sure. It's, it's, it's pretty cool. But you mentioned not coming from a writing background and coming from a finance background. Do you think that like influences your perspective at all when you, in, in your football work? I think it does. Um, I think we all kind of take what we know and just extrapolate it when we're writing. Um, like I obviously come from a numbers background um, in the sense that like, it's what I have to do in college. Like I, I've never had a job really per se in finance. Like I had that accounting job I talked about, but it wasn't anything, uh, anything crazy. I wasn't like, you know, the controller of a company or anything. Um, but yeah, I think it definitely does come out. Um, I think certain people have certain skills um, that they do very well. And one thing that I feel like I'm, I'm pretty good at is the, the analysis, uh, like the numbers standpoint and um, something that I need to, personally like get better at his writing so sure um yeah i definitely definitely think that that has influenced me and it's helped me kind of somehow get to where i'm at today where i'm on your show i have no idea how i'm here but <laughs> it got it got me here well you, you know you mentioned complimenting me and, and you did i think you did that enough off the show that i was like all right we need to bring him onto the podcast so that i can get some more uh, of an ego boost from graham uh you know from from the younger generation because you know <laughs> i i i uh it's important. No, I bet seriously, I mean, you do good work and we'll, we'll get into that in a little bit, but kind of continuing on through your, your story here. So you mentioned you hooked up with number fire, but you're obviously at a couple of other different places. Now it talk us through how you, you know, went from different places, how your kind of, uh, your brand, as we always talk about expanded a little bit. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I've never really thought about that. So I, I don't know. One day it's just, I guess, um, you know, JJ has been, was, was a huge help for me, like personally just getting, becoming a better writer, uh, first and foremost, but also understanding how to, uh, to present complex data in very, very concise ways. Like I used to have a tendency, I still do to just keep, keep writing and just like try to throw words out there. Um, so I guess having JJ in my corner helped, but one day I think Evan Silva followed me on Twitter. Um, maybe a year and a half ago or something like that. And for whatever reason, he really liked what I had to say and uh, was a huge, huge help. Uh, like, you know, if I tweet out a cool stat or something like that, you know, he'd retweet it or um, something like that. So I think just constantly grinding out what you think is 
thoughtful and statistical analysis, whatever it is, if, it, if you're, if you're good at doing a, like more statistics based stuff like I am, or if you're, if you're good at, you know, just watching film and coming up with cool stuff. So um, I think defining what your hashtag brand is, like you like to say, uh, is, is important um, in the sense that you, you need to know what you want to do. Yeah, definitely. And uh, one of the reasons that I wanted to, to bring you on the show, uh, if, also we talked about, I like you. That's, a, that's important. Uh, I don't think I've had anybody on the show that I objectively don't like. Maybe at some point I will. Uh, but you know, I, I think that one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast was that we talk a lot about certain things on here about how to kind of come up in the industry and, you know, do things the right way or whatever, or what's the best path in order to, to kind of get to reach that aspiration of being a, a full-time writer or just having some sort of space here in the industry. And, you know, one of the things is of course, don't be an asshole. We've talked about that a lot. And I think that you're not an asshole, at least on Twitter. Uh, again, we've talked about maybe that's not so much the case uh, for either of us uh, off, off the air, but the other, re the other thing is coming up with unique content and, you know, you and I have gone back and forth uh, behind the scenes for probably a, f a few months now, or maybe even going back longer than that, kind of talking about what's, what's going to be your, your thing, you know, like mine is obviously reception perception. What's going to be your piece of unique content. And you have kind of started to debut something yards created. I want you to talk a little bit about that. And kind of one, take us through, let's start at the beginning. You know, what was the impetus? What was the idea there? Yeah. So I guess the, the very beginning was, um, I remember like two years ago, Bishop Sankey, it just came out and he was like this, um, like no one really had a consensus on him. Like he was, he had super, wow. super good agility numbers. And I know we're not supposed to talk about football on your show. So just give me 30 seconds. Then. No, no, no. It's okay. I think, I think for you to talk about your idea, like we're going to have to, we're going to have to grit our teeth and talk about some damn football for once. I know it's awful. It's awful. So <laughs> anyway, anyway, I, uh, I remember reading about Bishop Sankey like two years ago and there's a couple profiles out there and I don't remember who wrote them, but it doesn't really matter. Anyway, uh, people, people really liked some of his agility numbers and they thought his film wasn't so great. But then I was thinking to myself, just kind of in the back of my head, like there's no real, why, nobody's really quantifying if he's good or not. Um, nobody's really coming out with objective data that says, okay, this is what he does well. This is what he doesn't do well. So fast forward to kind of like with that in the back of my mind of like, how can we better advance the conversation reception perception comes out and um you know i i'm not kidding you i've probably read everything that you have written with that and i think it's incredibly incredibly powerful data that you're working with and that you're coming up with so i remember in march of this year i i just sent you a message and i was like hey matt so if 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 you wanted to like chart running backs well, give me some things that you would want to know and i remember you answered with a, with a couple data points and i kind of built built off of that and um yeah so it, it started super organically where i just wanted to kind of advance the conversation and then honestly i did not think it would be in, of course this is incredibly like a small term thing but it's i did not think it would be as uh it would go over as well. Like I thought, I thought people would, some people would just read it and be like, Hey, what the hell is this guy talking about? Like, why is, why is he even attempting to do this? Um, so in all seriousness, yeah, it just kind of started in this kind of weird organic way where I just something manifested in the back of my mind. And I, I got to a point where I felt like I could attack it. Yeah, for sure. And you know, kind of on my end from talking to you about it, I was excited to hear, and you're not the first, you know, you're not the first or only person that's ever approached me about like, 
how can I do reception perception for this other position? Like a sort of that sort of thing. And, you know, I always encourage people, you're the first one that's, that's actually debuted it. Uh, so that's, that's encouraging. Uh, you know, I've given kind of the same, not the same exact advice, but there's been other people that have approached me about it and you're the first one to put it out there. So that's good. It's good to be first. Uh, it's good to, good to get out there quickly. And, but also with quality work. And I think that, you know, the reason that I encouraged you to do it and other people too, was that I knew that there was a demand for especially running backs. When you approached me about running backs, I was like, yeah, that's something that people ask me all the time. Like, you know, other than, are you going to do reception perception for tight ends? Which is like, I get that makes a little sense, but for God's sakes, there's enough wide receivers that I'm never going to ever get to because I'm one person, but yeah, running backs, people demand that piece of information. So I think it was smart of you to get in on something that, you know, running backs are even harder to understand than receivers. I think sometimes, so I think that was smart of you to choose that position. Well, thank you. And um, yeah, I, I got to know what, what Gronkowski's reception perception score is, man. I mean, come on. Oh God. Listen, it's, and I get that people want to know, and it, it, it's, it makes sense from like, Hey, they catch passes and they run routes, but just the way the positions are used and the type of coverages they face would be, it would be completely different and it would be hard. To, and also like, cause I think, you know, I freelance for the Washington post a little bit and, the first thing that they asked me to do this offseason was like, Hey, can you do one on Jordan Reed? And I had to send them like a, a long detailed, like reason why I wasn't like, wh- no, why I'm not going to do it. I was like, because I don't even have any like numbers to compare to, you know, it would be like, it would be the same. I do the same damn thing I did with Cordero Patterson, where I didn't have any numbers to compare him to. And I was like, Oh, he's actually bad. But I thought he was good just because I had like one number, like one other study to compare him to. I'm way off track. Uh, talking about myself, typical selfish Harmon. Uh, but yeah, but it's, uh, Running backs are, are an important position. So what kind of goes into yards created? You've done a few of the prospects. Uh, what kind of talk about like your, your sample size or even just what you're looking for, what you're charting? Like if somebody's listening to this and they haven't heard of the series, what, what goes into it? Yeah, so I take, um, at least for the rookies, I haven't, I haven't fully decided what I'm going to be doing for the NFL guys yet, but for the rookies that, I, that are coming into the league this year, I take um, – their, their film on, on draft breakdown. And there's usually, I try to do five games. Uh, if there's four or three, I, I kind of have to roll with it and just, just go with the punches. Um, so what I look for uh, in general is like, I, I believe running back play is highly dependent on offensive line performance. Um, I think there are numbers of ways beyond what I'm doing to quantify that. But what I wanted to know is, what running backs are more dependent and less dependent on their offensive line play? Because I, I think that is, there's a sliding scale there. Um, you know, not all running backs or not all offensive lines are created equal. So some of the things I'm looking for when I do yards created is, is how many yards on average does the offensive line block? And I know that's kind of like a, it can be definitely difficult watching the game itself to, to kind of define that for sure. Uh, it's especially difficult knowing the differences kind of between like man and zone blocking. Um, so that, that kind of goes into it and knowing, you know, obviously like Louisiana tech and Kenneth Dixon's offensive line is going to be totally, totally different than Ohio state's. Um, so those are some of the things that I kind of wanted to advance the conversation on and, uh, and, and really just put, put data, objective data. Well, it can be you could you could argue it's subjective, but put data at least onto onto paper for some of these guys, and and uh, and I think I think it's somewhat working. Yeah, actually, let's get into a little bit of a conversation about that because this is obviously something you could make the same argument with my work that like, yes, it's data 
And in a way, it, you, you can say it's objective, but there's also some subjectivity to it, which is something that personally I embrace. I don't think that everything needs to be objective, nor do I think that everything that is objective me that it matters uh, or that it should matter anything more than something that's subjective. But kind of discuss your feelings on that. You know, what's what's where is, is there a place for subjective data? What's the what's the boundary there? Like, how do you feel about that topic? Well, I mean, we're not all robots, so we can't, you know, right. we're, not, we're not, we're not just like, we're humans, right? Like almost everything, I can't, honestly, I cannot think of many things in life that are not subjective. Um, yeah. Preach. Like, it's, <laughs> it's so frustrating. Like I try, I try super hard on Twitter to not be like a blowhard, you know, like just coming out with, with this, these data points that just kind of don't matter. Um, but in any type of analysis, especially football analysis, it's always going to be somewhat subjective. Like, I, you know, I go on Twitter and, and come out with an article or I come up with an opinion or something like that. And that's what it just is. It's my subjective opinion. In my opinion, um, I, I believe X, Y, and Z. So sure, I, I think there's, there's definitely a line to be walked, um, especially when you're doing something like charting. Uh, because like, like I said with Kenneth Dixon, let's take him for example, right? So... I knew that the offensive line was going to be horrible and I had to, I, I didn't want to like force it. You, you know what I'm saying? But there's kind of this, this, this line you have to walk between subjectivity and objectivity where, you know, objectively the offensive line is going to be bad. Uh, but subjectively you, you have to still find a way to, to put that, uh, put that into data. Yeah. Well, it makes a lot of sense. And from my end, I mean, telling you whether a guy is open or not, you know, whether he was successful on a route that's subjective, but I don't think that that's necessarily a bad thing or that it should be, you know, discounted because the point to me, you know, and I'm not, I'm not going to hijack the show here, but I think that this is a, this is definitely a good organic conversation to have. Like, I think that there is, uh, there's some like importance in subjectivity, like you mentioned. And the point of charting all the stuff out is to keep a log of it and keep it consistent. So it's clearly defined, you know, in, in my mind, I know what is successful and what is not successful on a route. And I also know what, I also know how to, that, that logs into all my data and I'm seeing things the same way. Cause personally, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of people say that, you know, you could use that, like the NFL is starting to put chips in the players to they, they they can measure you know how fast they're going or how far they are away from each other so some people would say like that you could you know objectively measure separation that way but i also think that that's not necessarily true because what's open for you know mike evans is different than what's open for odell beckham because they're built different and i think that that's the important thing is that always remember and this is i come from a social science background so i'm always going to default on this um that we're looking at human subjects here. And I think that's an incredibly important point in the objectivity versus subjectivity discussion. For sure. For sure. And uh, we could do a whole show on RFID technology. That would be really, really cool, Matt. Um, but not to get too far off on a tangent. Yeah. yeah. The important thing that I try to, to keep in mind, like even when I'm playing fantasy football is like, these guys are humans. They're just like us. They make mistakes. Uh, you know, like running backs will misread a blocking scheme, you know, wide receivers will, uh, run the wrong route and the, you know, the ball gets intercepted. These guys can make mistakes and they will make mistakes. And, um, but I think knowing that and being able to put that, uh, not put it, but, but turn it into an, a, like, a, like you said, like a data point. I think that's super, that's super important. And it's, it's kind of where football analysis is going, I think. 
Yeah, I agree with you. And the two main points that I'll kind of wrap up my thoughts on it here are that one, uh, I would argue with you that everything that you perceive is subjective, that your entire, which is way, like way, way too meta and like way on the couch. Like everything you're about, about your reality is subjective. That's just one point. The other point that I would make is that all things are never created equal. And that's the problem when you, when you try to make an objective conclusion about again, human subjects, like you're assuming that all things are created equal and all things are never ever ever created equal so that would be my two closing points so graham if you want to offer anything else and not lose your train of thought go ahead no i love i love that point like all things are never created equal I'm, i've never really i've never really thought about it that way that's a, that's a really cool point and um just like in anything in life man like it, growing up uh from growing up into to like a really nice household to growing up in like an inner city like we have this country where we think it's all equal and stuff, but that's a, that's a really interesting point. That's, that's a good point. I really like that, Matt. Yeah. You can spin that into a lot of different ways. Like, yeah. I mean, even just your, your and I back, like your background versus my background, like we're going to perceive things differently because of the way we were, you know, it's that like nature versus nurture sort of thing. I mean, as much, and this is take off your, take off one headphone. Cause this might be a bit of a hot take, but I mean, you can understand like why people might vote for one candidate. If you think about things from their perspective over the other, just because, that's their reality. That's all they perceive. And while we sit in the place that we sit and we think that it's ridiculous and we sure as hell might be right considering our election climate now, but like you can understand why people perceive things differently because that's what they know. That's what they're, that's just what they've always been accustomed to. But I have taken this way too far the other direction, I think. No, I mean, uh, these, these types of organic conversations is what makes, makes your show um, different and interesting. And uh, yeah, like you mentioned the, the, the election climate now, it's just, it is definitely an interesting topic to talk uh, to talk about for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. And we'll save that for the backyard banter politics podcast. We'll uh, we'll 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 segue away from that right now. So, Graham, going forward with um, with yards created, what's kind of your your goal with the series? And uh, I know that this can I personally from personal experience, I know that this can kind of be a tough question to answer. I have no idea. <laughs> like, I'll just be honest with you. I have no idea right now. I'm just enjoying. Uh, watching football and, and coming up with this process and uh, kind of watching it uh, grow a little bit. I think that the end goal point um, for me personally would be to see, I just want to make sure that I, I do this in a way where I can advance the conversation about football, because if anything, you know, like I'm a first and foremost, I'm a fantasy guy. I love fantasy football, but I don't really necessarily consider this work to be so fantasy oriented. So if anything, I'm, I'm here just to kind of, I love this stuff, man. I mean, like, this is what I, uh, this is my dream. This is what I want to do, but I, I want to see it grow. I think that's, that's the key point. I want to see this grow. Sure. And I, I think that's good. So you're only doing right now at your own site or have you put it anywhere else? Yeah, it's just on my little blog. It's my little WordPress blog, which, by the way, is is still in the name. I mean, I don't even have my own domain name. I'm not as official or as cool as uh, Mr. Matt Hart. Yeah, right. Well, you're so you're not piloting a a, a venture that's losing you money, is what you're saying by, by being cool. Because being invested in thebackyardbanter.com is essentially a losing venture. Because I make zero point zero dollars off the website, and I lose a, you know a few bucks a year off the uh, off owning the domain name. So it's not a cool thing, Graham. Stick with the stick with the dot WordPress, unless you're like me and you're just so vain that you have to have your own <laughs> domain name. Yeah, I uh. 
that, that's 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 funny because like I think there's kind of this misconception that like just because we're writers, like we still make money off of this. Like I can still make money off my site. Like there's no, no, that you don't. Like yeah. we'll have to get into this, but but like yeah, being a writer is not as glamorous as it's like I can't even tell you how many hours I've worked for free in this industry, and I I still do it like because I love it. Like the, yeah. if I, even if I didn't like make money because I you know. I have gotten to a point where I can make money doing it. But even if I didn't, I would still be doing this, you know, like I would still be working for free or coming up with like cool things to say. Like I would still do it. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I, we say this, I think I've said this on the show several times or, or at other places, like the fact that people are listening or reading is, is, is like gravy. Cause this is essentially like, you know, this is a natural instinct. It's what I would, it's what I would be doing even if nobody was listening or reading or anything like that. And, and you're right. There is not, I can't, can't tell you like how many people I thought were actually like full time, fully fledged, like making money writers when I first got on football Twitter and like started out and then slowly, but surely you realize, oh, actually a lot of these people are either working for free. Uh, they're not even, they're not making any money off it or they're making very little money. I mean, that's just, it is something, you know, it's something worth talking about on this podcast because that's the target audience. But yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more closed off than you might necessarily think just in terms of. Absolutely. Money. I mean, I, I, for my first little while in the industry, obviously I worked for free and um, I had this, it's funny that you mentioned that because I had the same, I guess, misconception when I first entered it is that a lot of people do this full time. And then as you go along, you realize like literally maybe one to 2% of fantasy writers go on to do it full time. And, uh, you know, there's, there's reasons for that, obviously. Um, this is a very niche community, uh, but it's also a very diverse community where you can have a lot of people talking about the same things. So um, not, not to get too far off on, onto a tangent here, but. Uh, no, you can take, hey, take the damn tangent any way you want to go. This is that's the point of the show. No, I, I, that, was, that was my final point there. It, it's just, it's funny to me, like, I still kind of get this, um, I guess, uh, I, don't, I don't really have a great word to describe it, but kind of this kind of pushback, like, hey, you know, you're a writer, man. You should be making all this money. It's like, oh, no, it's not that at all. It is completely the most unglamorous job ever. It's me sitting here with no shirt on and, and charting running backs. I mean, where, how is that glamorous at all? I mean, nobody wants to see that. Come on. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm sure there's somebody out there, but it would, but no, no, I, it's, it's, it's true. And you know, it's something that you, if you're going to do this, I think you really do have, I mean, you have to love it. Like you, it has to be like that natural instinct. Like if it's something that you have to be like, and I mean, there are times that certainly I'm like, oh man, I don't want to chart anymore. Devin Funches, but you know, I mean, there, there are also plenty more times where I'm, you know, that much more excited to do the next bit of work. And I'm sure you feel the same way. And, and you, I think you have to have that sort of drive because even when you're at a position where you're full time, it's never going to like, you're never going to do work in this industry because of the money. Um, it has to be for, for many other reasons, but you mentioned it's kind of a, a niche community. And, uh, and I would say that the, the supply of writer of good writers will always outweigh the demand for good writers out there or just good analysts in general. But I think the way, and I've said this, time and time again on the show and and several other places that the way to do it is to stand out and i think you've you're a very good example of of that right now that's somebody that's at the very beginning of of discovering that thing that's going to help you stand out well yeah i really appreciate that man that, uh, that mean, means a lot especially coming from you um but to that point like i think it, 
like what you said about there being a huge supply of writers right now. And this has been kind of a key thing on your show where you mentioned, you know, you've got to do something different. You've got to be, you've got to be different. I, I think if anything, if I learned anything going through this whole process in life, the one thing that's no matter what industry you're in, the one thing that's always going to set you apart is if you can come up with something unique and work your ass off doing it. If you can come up with those two things and really drive yourself, it doesn't matter if you're in banking or if you're in the finance world or whatever you're, you're doing, uh, if you're in the fantasy football community uh, too. I mean, if you can find that one thing that's unique and kind of sets you apart and makes you different and you can do it really, really well, um, yeah, just work your ass off and, and keep doing it. Yeah, it's really about asking yourself when you're starting out, you know, what can, what can they come to you to get that they can't get anywhere else? What can they get from Matt Harmon, from Graham Barfield, from listener A, B, or C that wants to, to do this? What can they get from you that they can't get from any, anywhere else? And it might not be a necessarily like a, an in-depth statistical model that, uh, you know, quantifies film or anything like that. There's plenty of, I mean, there's, you know, there's plenty of other things to do. And I don't always have the answer for what that is, but, it, you know, it's on you to find it i think and uh like i said graham uh has has found something and selfishly let me ask you graham so cj Prosize, he's good right like oh he's I'm not gonna look oh he's v v v v good okay <laughs> <laughs> i'm not gonna look because uh, i'm ready to like i'm ready to like you know disrobe and walk into the waters on on that take and i just want to make sure that i'm not uh I don't know why I had to disrobe, but I did. Uh, I, I'm ready to. I'm ready to fully embrace that one. So I just want to make sure I'm not stepping on a landmine here. So there it is. Oh no, he. Uh, I am like I, I mentioned this on another show, but when he got drafted by Seattle, I was sitting on my sofa and I fist pumped. Like I was that excited for him to go to Seattle. I mean, it's just we, we'll we'll save this for another show, Matt. But uh, he's he's a very very good running back, very unique player. I'm excited, very excited for him in Seattle. Perfect. Yeah, me too. Okay, good, good. All right, no more football talk. That's that's good stuff. Uh, I just had to get that in as a selfish uh, a selfish endeavor there. Uh, again, that's like the third time I've been selfish on the show, so this is not good. Um, I hope my mother's not listening. She's not. But Graham, kind of circling back to you, you know, we mentioned what's your you know your goal with with yards created. Is this is football something that you and is something that you want to do full time? Is this something that like it's kind of the you know this that's your goal? Of course. I mean. Um... Anytime I ask myself, like I'm graduating in four months, right? And I, I, any college student that has been like ages 21 to 25, whenever you graduate, uh, has this kind of period, this kind of grace period, the six months period where you know you're about to graduate and you just kind of ask yourself, all right, what am I going to do? What do I want to do uh, when I first get out? And anytime I think about that, yeah, it's, I want to do full-time football. Um, I know in the back of my mind, like, of course, we just talked about, it. I mean, there's a huge supply of great writers and great analysis out there. And it's really hard to kind of push through, uh, in the industry and make it, make it full time. Um, so of course that that's the goal there. Um, for sure. Nice. And, uh, I think that, I think that everybody is fit, you know, college. I mean, geez, I remember being, I remember, I remember being there like three years ago or, or whatever, but yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's tough to to realize that because you have to kind of pursue the real life career and football at the same time. And uh, that, that can be a struggle. What's kind of, you know, you, so you have a few gigs kind of lined up. Um, I got Roto world at fancy labs at, at all that sort of stuff. What's kind of, what do you think is going to be your next step in that sort of pursuit? <laughs> I'll answer the same question. I have no idea. I mean, <laughs> like, like, 
it's just it's so funny that the the community has if if anything in the last two years i've seen the community grow in ways that i'm not even sure like in my very small small size of being in this community i've seen it grow and blossom into something that's com almost completely different from where i first walked into it so if anything right now i'm excited that i got in two years ago and i'm not trying to get in right now um but yeah i mean like there's been so many great people that have helped me through this industry. Um, maybe one end goal, I guess, for myself would be to help other writers get to the point uh, where they can have some sort of, you know, launching pad to start their careers. I think I think that's uh, that's something maybe down the line for me. But I have no idea, man. I have no idea, and I think that's cool. That's kind of a cool organic thing is to not know what you're gonna do. Yeah, I know it's it, it that is very powerful. The, the 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 unknown is a very powerful thing, and uh, it, it it's a it's a good space to be navigating in. Though I think you have, like you said, you have a good base of of where you're at, and uh, it is much harder to break in now than it was probably two years ago, and even harder, like five or even even uh, more difficult, far more difficult than it was like five years ago. You know, I had Evan Silva on the show, and he was talking about these like there just weren't this many people doing fantasy football. The league wasn't covered like this five years ago, and it's uh it's only getting more packed with uh with great people you mentioned some of uh some of the people that have helped you along the line and uh i think that the the community is is a very supportive space but i've been asking people on the show lately graham like what's something you see out there that you don't necessarily like if you'd like to spin positive too, you can talk about something you know whether it's the support or anything that you do like but i want you to tell me something what's something out there that you see that you don't necessarily like in the in the community um you know, listening to your show, I, I knew you were going to ask this. So I've been thinking about it. And the more I've thought about it, it's, um, so when you get something right, you know, whatever it is, like a call, you know, you nailed Alan Robinson last year, right? I mean, um, that, I don't know who that, is. that was, that was huge, but I think we can take this to the flip side and say that it's okay to be wrong. Um, I think on Twitter, we've gotten better as a community at, um, accepting when people are wrong but just realizing that this is a human game played by humans that we're going to be wrong 40 percent of the time for whatever reason but um i think just knowing like and not bashing people when they're wrong uh is is important and also like this kind of goes into the being wrong thing but uh like it's okay to have your opinion change or have someone else have a different opinion than you there's no reason to get like uh, angry or feisty like if anything on Twitter like I wish I could have more player debates because it's just so people get so quick to anger about certain players and yeah. it's it's kind of frustrating from a standpoint like I could have we could have great back and forth about players we have different opinions on um, but you know and it could be a really really cool kind of like back and forth for people to see and foster debate but it's so quick to like, okay, I've got to be right. So I've got to prove to myself, I've got to prove to this other person that I'm going to be right. When in reality, like 40% of the time, I'm going to be dead wrong. Yeah. And uh, just accept, just being able to accept that, I think uh, is something I, I'd like to see in the community. It's hard to admit. It's hard to admit that you're wrong. It, it is. And I mean, I've, I'll tell you, like I've almost completely sworn off player debates on Twitter that I already know going into it is going to go, I think this. Well, other person thinks this and like neither one of us is going to 
gonna go anywhere with that stance yeah like i've already i can i can tell within like two tweets how that interaction is gonna go and at that point i'm just like i'll just spit back with like yeah i guess we'll see you know or, or yeah it'll be a fun one to see play out so like right. i mean and which sucks because debating and and discussing these things is how we're you know we're supposed to to grow i also think <clears throat> and you can tell me whether you disagree or not i think twitter just inherently lends itself to those kind of debates because it's 140 characters at a time like like Graham, if you and I disagreed on a player, I think that we could. Uh, well, we're sensible human beings, so we might not be good examples. But you know, even if somebody that you think is like kind of a a, a jackass on Twitter, like you could probably have a a good debate on a podcast, or even you know, even in person would be even better. But Twitter just might not be the the format for it in some ways. Yeah, Twitter is not the best medium uh, to have debates. But like, I think it, I I could argue this that the, on the flip side too. Man, is like. Uh, you know, the 140 character thing could be a good thing. Like you have to get your, your idea out in a concise manner. So uh, I guess if anything, it, it, it kind of lends itself to not being great, but I also see some positive aspects that like, uh, you know, on, on podcasts, like we could have a five minute back and forth and then halfway through it, I forget what I'm talking about, <laughs> you know? So, so on Twitter, yeah. you, you're forced to kind of be, you're forced to be concise. And I, I, that, that is a positive, but um I guess not being so quick to anger and uh, being being open minded to other people's opinions is the one thing I would I would change. Yeah, and I would just kind of underscore with that with like don't take this shit so seriously. Like I promise it's not a big deal if you were wrong about Laquan Treadwell or I was right or I was wrong and you were right. We'll all be here in uh we'll all be here in two or three years, you know, God willing, and uh we'll be wrong about something else or we'll be right about something else. Like this thing I'm sure like reception perception will be a disaster in 2016 after being very successful in 2015. Cause that's just the way this, that's just the way this thing goes, man. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah. It's the law of averages, but to that point, like, um, like, yeah, it's, it's okay. Uh, it's okay to be wrong. And, um, I think in general, like you mentioned Corderell Patterson, uh, in the beginning of your whole kind of, uh, journey here, but, if you can look back on something and say, you know what, at the time, at, at this specific time, I had all the data in front of me and I came to this conclusion and you keep that consistent process. I think that's okay. Um, as long as your process and the analysis portion was okay, we're going to be wrong, man. I mean, like there's nobody, nobody's out there keeping score. Like nobody's sitting under their table on their mom's basement going, Oh, Matt Herman got this one wrong. And Graham got this one wrong. Like nobody's doing that. Like it's okay to put your opinion out there and it's okay to be wrong. Um, yeah. Well, I would say nobody important is doing that. Like nobody that, <laughs> nobody that will actually, nobody that will actually matter in like your career decision making is doing that or anybody that, you know, but hell there might, you know, you never know. There might be somebody. I mean, I'm sure there's internet trolls that kind of keep tally of it, but that's, that's another conversation. But like you said, yeah, nobody, nobody I, I guess, important or to somebody that could give you a job is. Yeah, right. That's what I mean. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's important, but I mean, like, yeah, to the, somebody that's going to affect your career path that I don't think is, is like doing the Steve Buscemi and uh, Billy Madison, like with the hit list or whatever. Yeah, nobody nobody's putting names on a whiteboard and going just checking off tallies. I, I just I don't while they put while they put lipstick on themselves. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Oh man, yeah, that that that's good stuff, Graham. Uh and I yeah, it's it's all good. I, I wish that debates could be a little bit different on Twitter, but uh you know, I 
it is what it is. I think we're 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 making progress uh, regardless. Um, Graham, kind of winding down here, and uh, I just have a few more a few more questions to throw your way. Of course, that I that tend to ask everybody here at the end of the show. Um, and I really really want to thank you for your time today. This is this has been great. Um, I guess one thing I always like have been asking people is if you had to, and as somebody, I think that kind of is that like aspiring person right now. If you had to give like a one piece of advice something that we haven't already said to aspiring writers, what would be something that you would say? I would say, um, if anything else in your life or any career path that you take, um, just do it with ambition. Like just no matter what you do, um, put your, if you, if you're going to go for something, there's no reason you know, to half-ass it or just put 50% of your effort into it. If it's something that you truly, truly love, um, just, you've got to stay up until 1 a.m. doing it, you know? Like, you've got to, you've got to have that ambition. If you, and if you hustle, the way I, the way I kind of think of it in my head, if I, if I hustle and I work hard enough um, to that point, like, I, I think you can, you can achieve whatever it is. It doesn't have to be fantasy football. Like, you know, this is, in reality, like fantasy football is pretty much meaningless. It's just kind of like this hobby that we've all inherited. Um, but just like anything in life, any goal that you have, if you if you really really put your mind and put your money where your mouth is, I, I think you can achieve great things. Yeah, I agree with that. And this is something a question that I don't get to ask uh, very many people because all they're all old. Uh, they're not, you know, young like us, but what's, and there's, you know, there, I'm just kidding. There are sacrifices that, uh, that, you know, older people have to make as well, especially people with families. Like, I don't even know how that happens, but, uh, Graham, do you think there's anything, any sacrifices that you've had to make in your pursuit? Cause I know that, you know, being in my, in my situation there, there was, was there any moment that you feel like you kind of had to give something up that you necessarily didn't like that you did in order to chase this, this dream? Yeah. So like, uh, I guess recently it's been more of like just working, uh, Fridays and Saturday nights just to, to get stuff done. Um, cause in college, like, it's kind of like, you never really have a set like a set schedule. Um, but yeah, give yeah it- that, not to interrupt, but that's a whole nother perspective that I can't touch on. Cause I didn't start like pursuing this yeah. until after college, but working as a college student, I imagine has to be a huge pain in the ass. Oh yeah. I mean it is. And like, um, not to get off too big of a tangent, or anything, but professors generally don't care about you. Like they really don't like, they just kind of have this, uh, uh, you've got to get this done. I'm going to be unbending for you kind of mentality. And you have this set schedule where you have to be in class at a certain time. So yeah, for sure. It gets in the way. And I think, um, if anything over the last two years, I have like learned that you've got to, you've got to be able to take time away from, like in college, like, like I mentioned, you have, you have a set schedule, but you've got to prioritize, I guess, what is important to you and what's not. Um, so I think <laughs> I've skipped more classes, let's say in the last two years than I, than I would have, um, than I would have earlier anticipated, I guess, as a freshman is, is I guess that's the way I would put it. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Yeah. I can honestly cannot imagine doing like schoolwork and football work at the same time because for me it fire for one it fires off like the same part of the brain and i just imagine it would be incredibly frustrating like time wise i mean do you even have a social life dude like do you even do anything fun uh i have a girlfriend who i've been with for five years so that doesn't make any sense to me either 
on multiple different levels, but. <laughs> no, no, I really, I'm generally curious. Why does that not make sense? Well, for one, dating somebody for five years, that sounds disgusting. Uh, that's oh, like wow. no, a great girl. She's like a life partner. I mean, I, I love that girl to death I and mean, we're best friends. I, I, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, dude, I'm sure you do. I'm not, I'm not, I'm talking about it from me, from my perspective. I'm just, I'm just messing around with you, Matt. I'm just messing around. Um, Listen, I can't, I, I've, I've struggled to, you know, this is not my show. I've, but I, I could, I couldn't imagine someone putting up with me for five years. Let's just say that. But oh, uh, neither, neither. That, that's why. That's what makes. That's what makes her such a great girl. Because I'm, I'm, I'm a huge pain in the ass. Like that, that's the thing that makes her great. Um, but no, like, yeah, I don't really have a social life per se, especially like the last two years trying to finish up my degree, um, balancing school and football last semester was uh let's just put difficult like working the hours that you have to work to be good at your craft and also passing classes uh it right not, it's not exactly fun per se um but yeah it, it was a lot of long weekends trying to get both things done yeah i bet and while also my point was they're like also keeping up a relationship with somebody that's a, that's a lot on your plate, man. I know the first thing I would have cut was the girl. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, see that, yeah, that's my point is like, is, is I, I, when I told her, this is what I wanted to do like three years ago, she was super supportive. And, uh, and I think that's what's made it work is that she's uh, unquestioningly had my back. So if you do have somebody yeah. uh, in your life, um, whether it's a girlfriend, life partner, husband, wife, whatever it is, Finding somebody that supports you unquestionably, like no matter what you do, um, no matter what dream you chase, that I think, if anything, it's helped me because school and, 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 and doing this football stuff is incredibly time consuming. And uh, having somebody that kind of sticks by your side is, has been really cool for sure. Yeah, I imagine so. I have I have not found that person who knows if who knows. Matt, if you, I ever you will, will, you will. You're a great guy, and you'll some some girl will read your reception perception. And be like, God, I never knew that about Devin Funches. This is so perfect. <laughs> oh no! If if Devin Funches ever is the reason that I um that I meet a girl, I'm I think she has to be the wrong one. Uh, no, but uh, no, that's that's a. Uh, that's a good. That's a that's a good point and a good a good ending endings ending subject. On my, we're not going to talk about my dating life. That's for sure. Uh, as I've said many times on many shows, but I, I think that I think that Graham, you, you've made a lot of good points here. But I always give the guest one last shot at the floor uh, before I rip it out from under you and we uh, we get out of here. So, any last shots at, at at any parting words here? Go for it. Sure. So. Um... You know, not to get too deep here or, you know, kind of kill the vibe of the show. But this oh. is the podcast to get deep. This would be <laughs> need to. Uh, about five years ago, I made a really poor choice that almost ended my life. And um, not, not to get into too specifics, I was 17. I made a really poor choice. It wasn't like a DUI or anything like that. So I didn't get in trouble with the law. Um, but from that point on, about a year after that, I had no idea what I was doing. Like I, I really resonated with your piece, and not to give you another another ego boost here, Matt. Um, oh <laughs> I, I, I was just like I was just like you, um, that I had to rebuild my foundation. Like I just had nothing there. And um, in general, I think this football community and fantasy Twitter and writing about football has given me a purpose in life that I really had no idea would. 
um, after that experience. And maybe one day I'll write about the specifics of what happened um, once I have enough strength to do so. But um, yeah, I think in general, uh, when life is hard or something happens to you, um, no matter what you do, like don't put yourself in a box. Like don't think, oh, I have to be this one person. I have to be, I have to think this one way. Um, because you're going to have experiences and hopefully you don't almost, you know, lose your life. Um, like I did, but, um, I think having a perspective box and trying different things, um, has gotten me at least to the point where I'm at at 21, where I, I feel comfortable with myself again. And, um, yeah. I think, I think that's something I'm still evolving and learning as a human. Um, and something that I, I am trying, trying to get better at. Yeah, well, we're all, I think we're all trying to get better as humans, but I mean, I definitely really resonate with everything you just said. And, uh, uh, yeah, if you wanted to, if you want to discuss it more shit, we can, I just, the podcast does not have to end right now, but I mean, you know, it's, uh, it's, I mean, I could personally say that, yeah, of course, like, I mean, I've talked about it more and I, I actually talked about, you know, the end of season one on the little status update. I think the last episode of season one, I'm going to actually have somebody interview me and, uh, cause people have asked to hear my bullshit and, uh, when the people get, you got to give the people what they want. So, I mean, that was very similar to me. Like it was obviously like my career is born out of trials and, and a tribulation in my personal life. And it, it can be a very powerful moment that like gives you clarity on what you want in the world, I think. Yeah, it does. And like when you go through something like you've been through or uh, on a complete opposite spectrum that I've gone through where you lose kind of everything and you kind of lose who you are, um, stripping down to bare bones was probably the most eye-opening, but also the uh, the most important moment of my life. Like it, I, I go back when I talk about it with like close personal friends or whatever, but like it was the best and worst moment of my life. Um, cause it kind of gave yeah. me clarity, um, after time, it wasn't, you know, a day after it, it get, but after, after time I had the, uh, I guess the forethought maybe to, to kind of make the, make the most out of the situation and just rebuild who I am. Yeah, that, that is the most important. It's, it's definitely not like, it's not immediate, you know, you don't like wake up one morning and be like, okay, I get it. Like I got it now, you know, after this bad thing, like you gotta, you gotta like, you got to roll around in the mud a little bit for a long time. That's a kind of crude way of, of, of just of describing it. But you, but like I said, yeah, it can be the point in your, in your life where you earn clarity, you know, and, and, uh, and you eventually settle on uh, what it is. Well, Graham, I hope that someday you do, you do write about that. That would be, I would love to read it. I know that I would, uh, I would, I would read it. I, I obviously clearly I identify with like uh, the human human interest pieces and everything like that. It's, it's very fascinating. People are so interesting to me. Yeah, we are. I mean, we are by far um, the most interesting subjects. Like I always, when I'm out or whatever, it's just fun to watch people interact. Um, so you're right. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think uh, humans are the, what, what we can do is, is unfathomable, but the, the decisions that we make is, uh, is also pretty, a pretty interesting subject as well. Yeah, both on the good and bad side. Well, Graham, I, I really, uh, I really appreciate your time today. This has been great. I think that there's gonna, there's a lot that you can take away uh, from what you said. And I think, like I mentioned to to everybody uh, at the top, 
if you want to look at an example in the industry of somebody that I think is doing things the right way and is eventually going to lead to great things, I think that Graham is 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 a great example of that. So if you're out there and you're looking to get started, you know, consider you know taking some notes from the episode and uh, and and making it through. And uh, for all the listeners out there, of course. Thank you guys as always for tuning in. Uh, it's it's my pleasure to give you uh, give you something that you apparently like listening to. And uh, you know, if you can return the favor by sharing the podcast, rating and reviewing on iTunes, that is always encouraged. Uh, like I mentioned up at the top, the status update of that this is this will be the first season of the podcast that will eventually close. I, again, the the interest in it is fantastic, and I hope that we continue to give you something that you like. So thank you so much for listening today, and I hope you learned something.